Hello and good evening, everyone. It is your good friend, Mr. Eric Norton. This is a hobby edition news and notes. Uh, Beckett Live presents tonight as we got a few stories that we want to touch on and uh, give you some, some uh, insight into. But before we get to that, we have to get to this. <music> Hey guys, I know you can hear me here. I gotta fix my camera as my set my I turned on my camera and it wigged out on me. But here we go. We're back here. Uh just there we go. All right. So uh like I said, hobby news and notes edition. We're a little bit early tonight, uh, as I have some personal things that I have to get to, but wanted to jump on here, uh, say thank you to um of course Dynasty Breaks. Say what's up to the, uh what's up, Ziggy? Haven't seen you in a while. Uh Say what's up to Dynasty Brace. Thank you for sponsoring the show and being a part of the of Beckett Life Presents every week. In fact, tonight, this is, again, we're early and people might not be here, but that's going to give you a good chance of this. Dynasty Brace hooked us up with a few boxes uh, to give away in correlation with the show. So tonight, someone's going to win this 2021 Joe Montana Special Edition box, uh, one Joe Montana autograph card per box, uh, just for commenting along in the comment section. And believe me, I'm going to need you tonight to, to comment with me. So if you're watching, you got a chance at winning this box tonight, courtesy of Dynasty Breaks uh, and the team over uh, Dane and the team over there doing great things, uh, wonderful things. All right, first thing that I want to get to is uh, the massive sell that was reported for a Kobe Bryant PMG earlier today on the PWCC Marketplace uh, let me just bring this up if you haven't seen it yet. It's pretty incredible. Um, let me let me share my screen so you can see it. And again, $2 million is, holy moly, that's a lot of money for, uh, for a Kobe Bryant card. And I'm not saying that it, Kobe Bryant isn't d deserving of that because he definitely, definitely, uh, you know, you would think that would be something easily that uh, you would think of Kobe in $2 million. But here, here we are. Uh, as reported, a 1997-98 Metal Universe Precious Metal Gems Emerald Kobe Bryant has sold for $2 million. The private sale brokered through the PWCC marketplace marks the highest price ever for a Kobe card. Graded at 8.5 by BGS, it represents the highest grade the card has ever gotten. A 1997-98 Precious Metal Gems are known for being tough and to find in tough uh, top condition due to largely uh, largely due to chipping. Um, although serial number four of 100, there are just 10 of the Emerald MPMGs. If you didn't know that copies 11 through 100, 100 are all red. These precious metal gems variants are arguably the most desired insert card in the entire world. Said Jesse Craig of PW, PWCC's marketplace director in business development. These set the tone for the insert market going forward. It's just an incredibly difficult <clears throat> to find them in any condition. And because of their de delicate nature to find one in such good conditions is incredibly rare. In March of 2021, a BGS Black Label 9697 Tops Kobe Bryant Chrome Refractor sold for nearly $1.8 So this has got a, a $200,000 uh, jump on the other one, which is fantastic. I, I Man, 
this is a, a nuts card. Ziggy, I want I want your opinion on this because um well there you are right there. That is crazy for a non-auto, non-rookie, right? Yeah. This is this is pretty nuts for a card like this, but I'm not surprised at all given uh just where this is at, uh where the market at is lately. I can't believe uh, that you know we haven't seen like something like this with with a card like this. Well, of course they got to come to market, uh, but man, two million for this Kobe non rookie non auto. These are these are incredible. Uh, do you remember? Uh, I'm sure most of you in the uh, in the comment section would remember this. Um, the Tim Duncan that sold a couple years ago that was green, and then the purple. I believe it was a purple Michael Jordan that sold as well. Both incredible numbers, but not $2 million. So, again, in the comment section, let me know what you think. Ziggy says, oh, my God, PMG. Uh, Mark says that Kobe was incredible. Yes, it was. It's it's just not – it's so nice. Uh, Michael says, damn, rest in peace, Kobe. Uh, again, non, non-auto, non, non-rookie, it's nuts. Uh, they are precious. That's right. So – this reported sell of $2 million for this PMG, I think it's probably just the tip of the iceberg for this card. This is number you know four of 100, but the first 10 are green. And they're, 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 it could be, you, you would probably see this, if it comes to market again, I, I would think you might see a bump in it, uh, especially given the nuts. If there are a lot of sealed upper deck, sealed upper deck from this left over, this will impact kaboom cards too as it trickles down. That's a good point, Ziggy. This will definitely impact kaboom cards as well uh, across the market. Uh, I think recently you've seen kaboom cards just kind of kaboom, right? Depending on the player. But uh, in in Golden's last auction, I know that we're talking PWCC right here, but in Golden's last auction, I love that the uh, th- there was a, a Trevor Lawrence gold kaboom not pulled by a guy in a half shirt that sold for like $27,000. And that was a 10 and it was raw. So I, I, it's comparing apples to oranges, right? You can't really talk about Kobe Bryant and Trevor Lawrence in the same breath. However, some of the aspects are the same given, given the type of card that it is. Ziggy says, I love that BGS lab on that PMG Kobe. That's thank you very much for that love there, Ziggy. That is a, a big sale, a big card, and I I think like Ziggy says, it's this is gonna um, trickle down to kabooms, and uh, you know we're we're seeing this type of big sales, big numbers with precious metal gems from the Marvel universe. If you're not paying attention to that at all, it's massive. <laughs> Spider Man seems to be the go to. More specifically, Miles Morales seems to be the go-to. And um, those precious metal gems are demanding uh, six digits easy. I don't know that they're seven digits yet, and I don't know that they're, if there's going to be one. However, if there was going to be one, now is the time for that to happen because of the imminent release of uh, the new Doctor Strange movie coming off the high in December of uh, No Way Home. Spider-Man cards have just been amazing, like I said. Uh, no pun intended. <sighs> Basically, if you're not paying attention to precious, the precious metal gem market, you're missing out a lot. 
Now, uh, I did want to show you this as well. Um, we're, we're speaking of Marvel and we're speaking of, uh, you know, big, big sales. And I don't know if you guys saw this uh, or not, but I'll bring it up so you can see it. Uh, this particular character is going to demand a lot of attention again in the coming uh, in the movie that's reported uh in the new doctor strange film Wolver a new wolverine is going to uh be making an appearance so um with that being said there was a recent sale of a wolverine a, again a bgs 85 wolverine that sold and what well, it it was listed at fifty five thousand dollars it sold for thirty, thirty thousand dollars for a two thousand and fourteen Wolverine card seems crazy to me. However, it it's what happened. Uh, it's a red spectrum one of one, and this card is beautiful front and back. You can see that it got an eight on the corners, which is what held it down. Otherwise, you probably you would have been looking at a nine. The edges were holding it down a little bit too, but this card uh, is this guy is a um, the guy that sold this is a BGS customer and he reported this to us and we we confirmed it and it was uh, yeah he listed it for fifty five thousand and it sold for thirty thousand which is crazy which is a record actually uh, new Wolverine actor good not a Hugh fan oh you don't like Hugh Jackman there Ziggy I'm sorry uh, this is obviously when I. This is speculation, but it's supposed to be happening. A new Wolverine is going to be making his debut uh, in the Doctor Strange, uh, new the new Doctor Strange film. How it, it's not confirmed, but it's supposed to be. So, where where that's going to happen? It, it, you know, we already we already have links to uh, Professor X and with the Illuminati uh, happening. So, this is just a crazy sale. Again, if you're not paying attention to Precious Metal Gems, which you should be. Uh, you should definitely ch ch check out other Marvel uh, properties from Upper Deck. Like this is a this is Marvel Premiere, and this is the Red Spectrum Red Spectrum One of One Wolverine that sold for thirty thousand uh, dollars over the weekend. That's that's a crazy crazy number for a two thousand and fourteen card. But there you go. Now that is uh, oh, what's Ziggy say here? He is old and big big headed. Now we need a young hungry actor. Ziggy, who do you think? Who do you think would play uh, Wolverine well? Who do you think, buddy? Let me know. I've heard Zach Efron. I don't know, but I've heard that. I uh, that's pretty nuts. If it's Zach Efron, he's a pretty boy, but I think he could pull off the Wolverine physique. You know, if he had to. Uh, all right. Next up on the um, on the screen here that I want to talk about is a series that I'm uh, that I've been doing. And if you're not paying attention to it, I, I kind of hope that you would. Um, it's it's called The Ones. And what I was inspired to do was late last year, or into early, well, actually, I guess it was just early this year, um, I started, uh, I ran down a list of the top of the 50 most graded BVG cards. So that's Beckett Vintage uh, graded cards. And I <clears throat> was surprised at the amount of baseball, I guess I really shouldn't shouldn't have been, but like it was probably, I think it was probably seventy five percent baseball cards that were on there, and 
15 to 20 percent of that of those baseball cards were Mickey Mantle cards. So what I wanted to do was uh, I, I went back and I took um, the years that each league had a draft, an amateur draft. Now that started obviously the like the NFL, the the National Football League. It started back in like 35 or 36, like that. They started having an amateur draft. And but the year, the first year that all the leagues had an amateur draft uh, in the same year was 1965. So that's where I started. And I posted the first 1965. Um, I called it the ones. And let me tell you something. It was kind of disappointing, actually. None of those players uh, really panned out in any of the leagues that they were in. The lone exception was the AFL draft, and that was Johnny Unitas, who was drafted number one overall there. But where I was looking at the four big leagues, so I, I did add Unitas on the first one. So I wanted to go ahead and take a, a look at 1966 last week and let you know that 1967 is coming out on Thursday, which is going to be a lot of fun. I want to say what's up to my man Scott Hodges, who helped me out on the artwork for um, – 1966 as it were so uh i just wanted to take a look at these with you guys hope run the, run this down let's see what you guys think about the article if you like it let you know that a new one will be coming out on thursdays and it's uh i'm, I'm having a lot of fun doing it so i hope that you guys uh, will check them out all right look at that sh share screen button one more time and here we go all right, the first player up is Steven Choco. And what the most interesting thing that I can tell you about Steven Choco, he was drafted number one, number one overall by the Mets. He is he, Brent Taylor, and Mark Appel are the only players ever in the history of the MLB draft or amateur draft to never make the league after being drafted over number one overall. Uh Choco has no baseball cards to think of. Uh, Bryn Taylor and Mark Appel do, obviously. Mark Appel being the most recent of those three. I think the interesting point, another interesting point here, though, is that Reggie Jackson was dra drafted number two, right behind Choco, was drafted number two overall. So uh, the Mets, they take they take Choco. The Athletics take um, Reggie Jackson. The rest is history. Now, it's not such a big deal, I, I don't guess, uh, hey, thanks, Nate. It's not such a big deal because um, if you think about it, the Mets are going to become the amazing Mets just three seasons later here, and they're going to win a World Series. But can you imagine the Mets having Reggie Jackson on that team? Think about that pitching staff that you had. Nolan Ryan. Who else? Carl, was Carlton there? It was – it was a, a, an amazing pitching staff. And then you add Reggie Jackson to the batting order. I don't, I don't think the comeback would have been needed. I think they just would have probably swept the thing. Thank you, Nate, uh, on the, on the comment there and silver sport. What's up, man. Nice to have you join the, join the conversation here. All right. Next up uh, is in the NBA. Also noticed that three of these four number one overall picks are, all, are in New York. And number two is going to be Cassie Russell. Now, Cassie Russell is not as bad as Chilcote here because Cassie Russell, he had a 12-year career. He played 12 seasons. He won a championship with New York in 1970, and he becomes an all-star in like 74, I believe, 
with the Golden State Warriors. He has a solid career, 15 points a night, two assists, three rebounds. During his all-star career, he uh, all-star season, he had 21 points, three assists, and five rebounds. That's a really good solid night for anybody uh, on in, in any era. If you're doing that, that's, that's a pretty solid NBA outing. But again, number two overall is Dave Bing. If you don't know much about Dave Bing, go check him out. Check, up, check out all of his accomplishments. Uh, you're going to see a theme here. Pick number two in all of these drafts end up in the Hall of Fame. Pick number ones do not in 1966. So, um, again, Kazi, he has a great, great, solid career. It's a 12-year career. You can't, you can't knock it. He's an all-star. He's a champion. He does really well. But Dave Bing just kind of outshines him which is uh, is what it is. Look at you, Nate Diggity, Cassie Russell, let's go blue, a Michigan man through and through, right? All right, next up on the list here is Tommy Nobis. Um, interesting thing about Nobis is he plays his entire career in Atlanta. In fact, he becomes known as Mr. Falcon. Uh there's a, there's a Jim Rome joke there if you don't know. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Mr. Falcon. Uh, so Noah's plays his whole career uh, in uh, in Atlanta. He's a Texas Longhorn, a linebacker from Texas, and he's actually drafted fifth overall in the AFL draft. Uh, oddly enough, the second to last AFL draft there is because the, the leagues are going to merge uh, in 67. So he, he gets drafted – uh, number one overall. He has a decent career. He's a, he's a rookie of the year. He's a member of the 1960s all-decade team, and he's a five-time pro bowler. That's right. Where's Booker T when you need him? Five-time, five-time, five-time. Anyways, he, he does he does great. But, again, the player directed drafted directly after him um, makes it to the Hall of Fame. And it's kind of, you know, Nobis has a career that you could probably look at and say, hey, He's probably a Hall of Famer. I was immediately taken uh, right to Zach Thomas when I was looking up this information, and like Zach Thomas should should be in the Hall of Fame. I I I definitely believe that. And you look at Sam Mills, who got into the Hall of Fame this season uh, or this year, and Thomas didn't. It's a uh, kind of a shame. But Nobis is one of those guys that's not in the Hall of Fame. He's on the Hall of Fame 1960s All Decade team. I definitely think that he should be in the Hall of Fame, but he is not. All right, last but not least, uh, Ziggy. This is great history. I don't know many of these guys at all. Thank you for putting this together. Hey, thanks, Ziggy, very much. Uh, appreciate it. Again, check them out. They're, they're uh, Thursdays at 11 a.m. Central. 1967 is this week. We're going to have a lot of fun with that uh, That one. All right, the last one is Barry Gibb. Gibbs, uh, man, <clears throat> this guy is the epitome of – just like he he had the talent to be in the league. In fact, he's in the league. He's in the NHL for 13 seasons, or he's playing professional hockey for 13 seasons. But he never like he never he never makes an All Star team. He never he never amounts to much other than he played in the league for 13 seasons, and that's more than I can say. What about I? I I don't think that I can make it into, in in any league for 13 seasons. So this guy does it. He he. He gets drafted in the 66 draft by the Boston Bruins. He only plays 24 games total for the Bruins. Uh, Never amounts to anything in Boston at all. Gets shipped off to uh, Minnesota, and that's what you'll see his rookie card here. 
uh, <clears throat> his rookie card is with the Minnesota North Stars in the 1960s. Now that's the 70, 70, 71, 72. I believe somebody correct me on that if I'm wrong. But he never he never quite amounts to anything. Number two in the NHL amateur draft that year, Brad Park. If you don't know who Brad Park is, he, he gets drafted by the Rangers, and he goes on to have a, a great long career uh, in Boston <laughs> eventually. So that's that's just nuts. Uh, I said earlier that uh, all three three of the four were drafted by New York teams. I was wrong. It's two of the four. But again, this is a just a a crazy little take on on these guys. All four of these players that were drafted number one overall did not make the Hall of Fame. But in 1967, that's going to be a little different. Uh, can't wait to release that for you on Thursday at 11 o'clock. Again, check out my man. I am Scott Hodges on Twitter. He does the artwork for these uh, for me. I love uh, working with him. So I'm sure that we will uh, have a have a dynamite edition. And that's that's a kind of a little tease, a dynamite, because in the NBA, Jimmy Walker is drafted number one overall. So if you don't know anything about Jimmy Walker, well, there you go. Tough to make it to the league sometimes. That's right, Silver Sport. It is a tough to make it to the league. Tough make it to the league sometimes. And then Silver Sport says, go Brad Park, go Bruins. You're a Bruins fan? You're in California, aren't you, man? I think you're in California. I believe, I believe you're in California. All right, we're, we're going to stop there on the hockey note because we're going to talk about the release calendar this week, and then we're going to give away this box of 2021 Joe Montana Special Edition. Thanks to my friends over at Dynasty Breaks. All right, new releases this week. This is uh, this is hockey week. By that, I mean 2021-22 OPG Hockey is set to release on Thursday. Uh OPG hockey is a set builder's uh, dream, so that will be out. And then not don't don't sleep on uh, Upper Deck Series One because it's not far behind. All right, so OPG hockey comes out on the twenty fourth. On the twenty fifth, we have a whole slew of products coming out, or at least that are scheduled to come out. Twenty twenty one Leaf Valiant football, twenty one twenty two Panini Donruss basketball, and then Pokemon. All, it's well it's all sword and shield but there's you know the blisters and the three pack blisters and the booster boxes and all that that's all scheduled for the 25th as well so if you're a pokemon fan uh this is your week uh, as uh, sword and shield comes out and the pokemon va- uh v battle deck comes out as well uh, so be looking for those as they drop later this week don't want to miss any of those all right um i don't know if you guys have been paying attention to um shoo, what Nate Diggity, Scott Hodges has truly grown into his own brand. Cheers. Yes, he has. Uh, Michael, all that history is amazing. Thank you very much. I hope that, I, again, I hope that you uh, uh, check out the new drop on uh, Thursday, 11 a.m. Central. Again, it's it's going to be dynamite. All the pun is intended. All the pun is intended. Uh, let's see here. We have a box of 2021 Joe Montana Special Edition. Uh, to give away from our friends over at Dynasty Breaks. Go check them out at DynastyBreaks.com. New customers get uh, $5 off their first break. All right, it's been a crazy night, but Nate Diggity, you uh, are going to not be the winner tonight. I had to do that. No, I'm just kidding. Nate Diggity, this is on you. You're going to get this. Go ahead and email me at ericn at beckett.com. 
and let me know your shipping address. I will get this out to you. With that being said, we have bad weather this week here in Texas. Uh, so I might not be back in the office until uh, until Monday. But I, if you email me tonight, Eric N at Beckett.com, uh, I will, Eric N, E-R-I-C-N, I will uh, get this out to you um, as soon as I can. Again, we're, we're supposed to have bad weather. And so I don't want to tell you I'll get it out this week and, not, and then not do that. All right. That was news and notes. Guys, again, $2 million for a Kobe Bryant from the PWCC marketplace. That's an insane number. I'm not surprised, though. That's going to be that's crazy for the trickle-down effect like my man, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> uh, like my man Ziggy said. It's going to affect all cards across the board. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what happens in the coming weeks. Hey, um, at the end of March, I'm really looking forward to being out in Vegas at the Mint Collective. Hope to see you there. If you're going to be there, stop by the Beggar booth. Say hello. I would love to shake your hand and say what's up. All right. Until next week, that's going to do it. Thanks so much for hanging out with us this week. Good night and God bless. <laughs>